Welcome to the MTB Tribe Podcast, your trail map for the world of mountain biking. And now, I'll introducing your host, Gareth Beckett. Welcome, mountain bikers, and thanks for being here. And welcome to episode number thirty-five of the MTB Tribe Podcast. I'm here to help you find out more about mountain biking, how to get you out in the trails, keep you stoked and hopefully learn a little more about mountain biking and the people involved. So welcome to this week's episode. It's great to have you here. I just want to say a quick shout out to all the guys and girls that bought the MTB Tribe race jerseys. Thank you so much. The order has been placed and the jerseys are being produced for you as we speak and hopefully I will get them to you over the next couple of weeks so um, I will be in contact via email obviously about that so thanks so much for supporting the show through doing that I really really appreciate it there will be more jerseys available in the near future and maybe a few tees and a few wee bits and bobs so um keep your keep your eyes posted for that kind of thing and if you are a subscriber to the show which you can do via just going to the website mtb-tribe.com and subscribe you'll obviously get uh, updated info on that and anything that's happening like that in the near future you will be the first to know so thanks so much for that now if you cast your mind back to episode number 24, we had a young man on from East Africa who was 16 years old and he was organising his first enduro race. So we've got him back on the podcast today because he's ran the enduro, it was very successful and he wanted to come back on the show just to chat about it and let you guys know how it went because he's had good feedback, great feedback from the podcast and I know you guys enjoyed the episode. So um, we got him back on the podcast just to see how he went about organising it. The spills, the thrills, the accidents, the highs, the lows, everything that goes into organising an enduro event over a couple of days and Adam is only 16 years old and he's taken all this on his shoulders with the help of Simon Blake who's the mountain biking and race kind of promoter for East Africa. So we chat to Adam about that and it's a great episode. Adam's a good, good lad, very down to earth and has a great story. So we chat about that, about how the media got involved, a few other things, um, about a few spills he had and accidents on the, on the trails and, and stuff like that. So it's a great episode and I'm really glad to get Adam back on the podcast. He's a guy you'll hear a lot more from in the future. He's got his own YouTube channel um, and really, really such a good mountain biker for his age. So folks, without further ado, let's get on with today's episode and let's introduce Adam Davis to the podcast. Adam, Adam Davis, how's it going? Welcome back to the MTB Tribe podcast. How are you, sir? I'm really good. Um, just been working on a pizza oven this afternoon and yeah, we're it's going well. Good stuff. Yeah, I've seen your social posts on that. Um, it looks pretty awesome, that. Is that. That's the one that your dad was doing originally, was it? Yeah, yeah, it is. So we've been working on this one for a couple months. Uh, it's our second edition, actually. Our first one was a lot smaller. We couldn't fit very big pizzas in it, but <laughs> this one, this one, we're, it's going to be able to fit big pizzas. And the cool thing about it is that we're making it all by hand. We drive our car down the road and dig the clay um and then we get the sand well we're buying the sand but we're digging all the dirt ourselves and we're Mm -hmm. building it all ourselves so it's really cool and it's also a lot less expensive than the ones that you build with all concrete but it's also a lot more work yeah it it looks it looks like a lot of work and apologize to your dad for me um, dragging you away from it today (laughs) (laughs) 
yeah, well, there's, you know, there'll be work to be done when I get back. So yeah, cool. Cool. So we're chatting to you today about the Kanjabi Enduro that you held there in Kenya, which seemed to be a really good success. So how did it go, man? How did you find it? Okay, so by the time I got to Saturday, when I woke up that morning, I was like, this had better go well because I'm so tired and I've worked so hard for this. And I know I told you, I know the podcast only came out like two weeks ago, but I told you I hadn't worked on it much at that point. When the podcast had come out, that was like when we were at the peak of all our working on it. So um, it was really, I was really excited that it, and it went well, but it was hard. Like I've never done something like that. All the organizing vehicles and people and like, where are they going to stay? Where are they going to eat? How are we going to mark the trail? So all this stuff, it all ended up coming together really well, Mm -hmm. but it was, uh, it was a stretch and like, yeah, I've just been sleeping now because I've been really tired. Yeah, it's it's like the logistics of the whole thing, isn't it? And yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, and I suppose you can only do a lot of that kind of stuff close to the time. You know what I mean? There's no point you going out and marking trails uh-huh. two weeks in advance because people are going to change things and are going to take things. Yeah, down exactly. And, you know, so how did you find that um, Simon Blake? Who could we say Simon's your mentor? Could we go that way? Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, awesome. especially with the race organizing. Yeah, yeah. totally. Um, so Simon's kind of the director of uh, cycling and, and mountain bike development in Kenya, if you want to put it that way. Um, yeah. So he was kind of he was kind of your right hand man and helping you out. Was uh-huh. Simon a pivotal point in the whole thing? Could you have done it without Simon? Do you think? No way. I mean, without Simon, like. First of all, we wouldn't have gotten as much reach on social media because he has a lot, like a big following, especially in Kenya, mm-hmm. and everyone knows him. And also, we, we, it just like it wouldn't have been done so well. He gave, he reminded me of so many things that I didn't remember, and all that. That was a big deal. Yeah, no, I think it's awesome to have somebody like that in your in your camp, really, and you need that support. You're only 16 years uh-huh. old. It's your first yeah. Enduro event that you've organized. So, uh-huh. you know, give yourself a clap in the back, man. It seemed to have went really well. How were you, personally, how were you coping with the stresses and, and strains? Were you, just take us through a typical day, maybe two or three days before before uh-huh. the Enduro started. So, and to start it all off, I'm, I'm back at school. Uh, and I live at home, but I go to school every day and probably that week was the hardest week of the whole term because I had so many big projects uh, (laughs) for school to do. And I was staying, so first of all, I was staying up really late doing that. And then I was on the phone all day when I, in between classes and talking to people, getting shuttles, talking to Simon, uh, talking to my dad, who I know I said in the last episode, he hadn't helped very much, but um, once we sort of got everything going uh, and got like the logistics stuff mm-hmm. done, then he was he helped a lot with organizing drivers. He went out and marked everything while I was at school. So I didn't have to do any marking, but I mean, I was on the phone like all day on Thursday and Friday leading up to the Saturday race. And then I was up really late uh, on every week, every day of the week, because I was just doing schoolwork and then uh work for the race so yeah it was really stressful 
Yeah, I'm sure. And things normally seem to happen like that. You know, you just get bombarded with schoolwork just at that time. That's always the way it goes. Yeah, it was like, it's like we're sort of on a cycle where we you take all the tests and then you have another two weeks where you're building up to another test or project. So we're just sort of at the end of that week. So, I mean, it's expected that it's going to be the hard or busy week. Yeah, yeah. How did you find help for the race how did that go what about sponsors yeah so um we didn't do a ton with sponsors uh this time but like um simon talked to these guys the forest they do like biking adventures they have a big zip line course they have archery they have all these different activities and um, they know me and i've been up there i've been zip lining and done all this stuff and so Simon told them what we were doing and they were happy to sponsor us for the prize was a zip line trip for two. And, um, another sponsor we had was, well, they weren't, they weren't sponsoring us, uh, but they're called tech nuggets media and they're helping us out because they came and took pictures and video. And actually that got in the newspaper. We were expecting it to get on national TV, but it didn't end up going there and they really helped us to, publicize the event for a lot of people to see what was happening and yeah so that was helpful also we um went down to the restaurant down the hill cafe ubuntu and we will be partnering with them next time but it was too it was too busy for me to be able to partner with them this time but we still brought them a lot of business and they're really happy yeah yeah so the riders and the competitors and stuff just filtered down to them did they and just use them for for food yeah. and, and yeah. refreshments well that's cool and how about local help then was you know for marshalling and and things like that was was much of that going on so we marked the whole course and um we didn't have to have any marshals except for my dad who rode the course uh the day of the race like he rode before the first person who was taking off and he did the times so uh, pretty much the only marshals were him and uh, David Shirk, my friend who lives just across the road, and he uh, did the back end timing. So he left last, and he told everyone to leave between one minute intervals. So yeah, that was pretty much the only marshalling we had. Wow, well that wow, that's pretty insane considering how technical your courses are out there. Yeah, it was super marked. Yeah, it was, so that was really, really marked well out. Yeah, yeah. Cool. So I take it Simon didn't ride because of his shoulder injury? Uh, he didn't ride because of his shoulder injury, yeah. So he had a couple screws that broke, actually, oh, um, for for the plate, which the doctor said he's never seen it happen before. Oh. And it's kind of weird because Simon was really taking it easy. Um, and so he didn't ride for that reason, and he also didn't ride for the reason of he was driving around in a car and sort of being support vehicle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and how did he break the screws? Was he riding before? Was he on the bike? Uh, he wasn't on his bike at all. I don't know how he broke his screws because he really was taking it easy. So, yeah, yeah. the doctor must have think he was skydiving or something, but he really <laughs> wasn't doing anything. Classic. Oh, man. Oh, well, is that going to put him back a wee bit? Or how's, how's um, he feeling about that? How's his mental state about that? Because I know, I know he really, like, you, you know, he wants yeah. to get out on the bike, yeah. you know. I think I think like he'll be back on his bike really soon. It hasn't put him back far. Yeah. Oh, he's yeah. he can't be held down that boy for too long. I would say. No. 
It but the doctors better clear him sooner, else he'll clear himself. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Guy Martin kind of stuff. Okay. <laughs> um, so let's talk about the media side of things um, that happened there, because I've seen in your social posts there was guys out taking film and and video yeah. and stuff. Um, so that was the media company you were talking about. Um, yeah, so tech nuggets. Tech nuggets. All right. So if you send me a link to them, I'll, I'll stick that on the show notes. Um, All right. But that was cool. How did that happen? Was Simon involved in getting that to, to, to go ahead? Yeah, so um, this guy, Justice, who's the leader of Tech Nuggets, actually saw my Facebook post, the Facebook event, and he was the one who um, said that he wanted to come out, but he talked to Simon because they're friends and um, they've worked together before. Mm-hmm. So he they managed to do that together and i actually had no idea they're coming out they came out on the second day and i was like uh, simon who are these guys <laughs> and so he just he had forgotten to tell me that i guess but anyways that worked out really well that they could yeah. come and document all our stuff yeah cool did they film it or did they just take stills yeah they they did some filming actually simon and i filmed this uh whole interview that they were hoping that was going to go on the national TV, but it, I don't know, it fell through. Right, okay, okay. Um, that's thats unfortunate. And they couldn't give you that for social posts or anything, no? Um, I'll try to ask him for that. I'll, I'll try to ask him to send it me, and I'll uh, send it to you so you can see if you can put it on the show notes, or I can drop it on my YouTube channel, and then we can put a link there. Yeah, it would be good on the YouTube channel, because... Even for next next time, you know, it would be a, a uh-huh. good advertisement for it. Yeah. Also, it's rained all this second half of the week, and I haven't gotten any footage for my YouTube video that I want to post on Tuesday. I've been doing weekly, so yeah. I need I need something. <laughs> yeah, cool. Uh, yeah, that's funny because I was going to ask you about the conditions for race day as well um so uh-huh. how, was, how were the conditions did everything go well did it sit sit for the racers yeah so um you know whenever brian came out here bkxc yeah it hasn't rained since then wow yeah so uh it's been really dry and the trails um like yeah they're a bit dusty but especially in the forest they're really running perfect so um yeah, I think it went. The weather was the greatest. It, mm. it was pretty much one of the best possibilities. Um, so now it started raining this week, and it's like rained all night, last night, all day yesterday. But the weather was amazing for the race. Yeah, happy days, happy days. And were the competitors quite happy with the course? How did they find the course? So... Um, with uh, a lot of the guys who raced it were um, surprised at how challenging it was, and they mm-hmm. walked a lot of sections. But um, we also went out and pre-rode the first two stages of day two, so that would be stage four and five. And then on day two, actually, when we rode it, then a lot of them rode the technical sections, and they were happy about that. But yeah, it was sort of like, uh, not only was it a race, but it was also showing a lot of these guys who live in Nairobi or close to Kajabi, like, yeah, this is real mountain biking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure it was an eye opener for some of them, and they found it, they found it quite difficult. Uh huh. So you have a lot of guys in Kenya that I'm sort of going to call them out. Um, you have mountain bikes, and they ride 
uh, they ride on the dirt roads on their mountain bikes. Mm-hmm. So it was sort of a thing where it's like, yeah, we were showing like what you can do with your bike. And yeah, yeah it was good. Yeah, cool. And where were they? Where were the most of the competitors from? Were they local guys or were they from elsewhere? So most of them were um like some they most of them weren't Kenyans and they were coming from mostly Nairobi, which is the capital of Kenya and it's about an hour's drive from here. So it was, it's a really good location for these guys to come out. They don't have to drive deep into the forest. It's a good highway to get here, so it's yeah, it's an easy drive. Mm-hmm. And would they be doing much mountain biking of that kind of stuff where they're from? Um, where they're from? Yeah, some guys are from like England. There's some guys from the USA. So yeah, they would be. But a lot of times they get there's guys that are riding mountain bikes here that don't really get into the trails. Mm. Yeah, they just use it for transport more or less, A to B kind of thing, or. Uh, well, they no, they go out and ride, and they they have these expensive bikes because like they have nice jobs that can pay for them. But they go out and ride in the on uh, some like on dirt roads instead of trails and sort of smoother stuff. Then their their bike is more capable than they are sometimes. Yeah, <laughs> well, that would be like me to be honest. Thing. <laughs> so we're just we're just giving them the opportunity to see like what what you can do with a mountain bike and yeah stuff like that yeah so in the end up then adam how many competitors did you have uh 24 23 minus me so that's quite good huh yeah it was really surprising because in the beginning whenever we put out the first registration probably for the first two or three weeks we didn't have more than five or six yeah yeah, so you're bound to be happy with that, and I'm sure Simon was happy with that as well. Yeah, we were really surprised because we've never... There's been several East African Enduro events in Kenya and in Tanzania. Simon's been to all of them, I think, and they've never gotten that many people. So it's because of our our really good location, how easy access it is. Yeah, makes a big difference, I suppose. Mm-hmm. So, was there any bad accidents? Uh, yeah, there was a couple, actually. This guy, Phil, uh, crashed while riding between two stages and really hurt his knee. So, I haven't heard how he is, but um, I heard that he hurt his knee and he actually had to pull out so he couldn't race the second day. Mm. And then another guy, Jake, crashed on stage three. And he went over the handlebars and broke his helmet. Wow. And so I actually, I should call him. Maybe I'll call him when we get done with this. But I don't know if he had, if he got a concussion or not. Mm. So I need to check on that. Yeah. Did he continue to compete or did he pull himself out? No, he he pulled out as well. So um, on Sunday, which was day two, a lot of people pulled out for either like work or they had to go hang out with their family or different reasons. So we only had 10 racers on Sunday, and it was a lot more relaxed, I thought. Yeah, yeah. So just talk us through then what, what stages you had on Saturday and what stages you had on Sunday and what the kind of differences are between them. 
Okay. So on Saturday we had, I had sort of designed it or we designed it to be like the trails on Saturday would have a higher carrying capacity than ones on Sunday. Mm-hmm. So, um, on Saturday we started out at the top. So we sort of live on halfway down an escarpment. So we started at the top, at the top and rode down this trail called Coca-Cola drop which it starts by some viewpoints that are sponsored by Coca-Cola. So they're all painted with Coca-Cola. And it, it went down this uh, rocky trail, which was really fun, but also it was really challenging for people. And then we rode for probably five minutes to stage two, which is called Awesome Sauce. And it's just this really flowy downhill trail that yeah. a lot of motorcycles take. I know the awesome sauce. I've seen your videos on that. Yeah. Um, is yeah. that behind houses? Is that just down like, is that between two lots of houses? Is that a lane between two lots of houses? Um, it looks like that in the video. At the be- at the beginning, uh, there's houses on the right side and then yeah. on the left side, it's all cultivation. So the trail is so, it's like, it's so wide and smooth because the motorcycles drive on it to get uh-huh. the crops. Very good, very good. Yeah. Okay. So that's fast. That's fast. Yeah, it's it's a real fast one. Mm -hmm. So from there, we pulled out onto this road and followed the road all the way back into Kajabi. So that's about half of the elevation for the first day. From there, we went down. uh, First, it went uh, down a bit of road, which was not smooth and it was quite bumpy downhill road. And then we got into the bush and we went down this trail through the valley, which is quite uh, t- quite twisty and turny and it's quite a long stage and then we ended just about five minutes from the cafe mm-hmm. very good so that was saturday done that was the yeah three, the three stages on saturday okay yeah so and what what feedback were you getting from riders at that point oh they were so stoked like <laughs> even like i don't think anyone left because they didn't want to ride the next day mm-hmm. so yeah. they were super excited about how how it all had went and um although there was like you know one guy dented his rim really bad and had to put a tube in and and those two guys crashed like it was really good and everyone was super excited mm-hmm. and i felt really good about sunday going from there because it was like really well received brilliant and did you get much sleep on the saturday evening uh so my free hub blew out um well we were well we were just finishing practicing day two so um i had uh, dad let me use his wheel and then he borrowed another bike since he wasn't racing he didn't care that he wasn't riding his bike so he let me use his wheel so i had to change the cassette uh because i'm running a shimano 11 to 46 and he has a sram so i had to change that and i had to get it on my bike and uh i don't know i think i got to bed by like 11 30 or so mm, not too bad maybe no it wasn't too bad <laughs> <laughs> so how did the sunday day two go then yeah so sunday it went i think it went really well we had like only 11 guys and so we were able to get in the shuttle uh uh on time and we got up we got up to the stage and got set up and then we just went and st- stage four yeah, it would be stage four. Mm-hmm. Starts in the forest. It's this trail called Firebreak. And um, you might have seen it from BKXC. Yeah. It's it's uh, one of my favorite trails. 
around. I just love being in the forest. I prefer it more than the desert, which we're riding on Saturday. But so it's, it starts, it goes down for a long time through the forest and then you turn left and you go through a tighter pedally section. And that actually comes right out onto a big drop off onto the, um, onto the railroad track. So I, that's the one where, where Brian, yeah, exactly. Exactly. (laughs) And so, um, I was the first, I was the first one. I started first on all of them. So I got to the bottom and turned on my Instagram live actually and filmed everyone trying it. Uh-huh. So that was really exciting. Um, yeah. Was there any um, was there any accidents there or any funny moments there? Yeah, there were some. There were some accidents. They weren't as bad as Brian's because there was a lot of people sort of like as they got down, they climbed back up and stood on the side of the trail and shouted it out and were cheering on each other. But um, there was a couple guys. I mean, almost everyone tried to hit it, and when they tried to hit it, they would. No one went over the handlebars, but people were like falling all over the place. So, and everyone was just laughing. No one was mad about it. Everyone was so stoked after that stage. I was yeah. super happy. Cool. How long is that stage? Um, hmm, that stage is probably, I don't know. It took me like three and a half minutes. It's probably about uh, two and a half miles, maybe. Right. Wow. So you're bombing it on, right? Wait, no, that's, that would mean I'm going 60 miles an hour. Um, no, you wouldn't be going that fast, really. No, it's probably like one, it's probably like one mile yeah. or less. You're bombing, you're bombing on for sure, because I've yeah. seen the footage of it, you know, so you're hitting yeah. it hard, yeah. Yeah, we're going fast, but not 60 miles an hour. No, <laughs> that would be, uh, that would, that be, would be quite insane. dangerous. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, Cool. So then you're on to the final stage then? Uh, no. So then we no. have we have stage right. five and stage six. Oh, you'd so, stages? All right. Okay, yeah, cool. exactly. So from stage four, we rode down the railroad tracks just for probably two or three minutes to the next trail, uh, which is called Reber's Revenge because this kid, Nate Reber, one time he chopped off half of his finger um, while we were clearing it. But he got it. He they took him straight down to the hospital, straight into surgery, and uh, he's fine. He can move his fingers. <laughs> so that's um, that's another one of my favorite trails. It goes sort of. It's like just you're going through the woods, and you can go really fast. Um, you can go really fast on that and cruising around. So that it's got some tight turns, and it's just steep downhill. And from there, you actually get down to the road and you cross straight across the road and go into the next trail uh, which is called exoskeleton so this is all in the same stage this trail is mm-hmm. called exoskeleton because probably when i was about eight years old or so i was riding down it with my dad and i went over the handlebars and crashed into a tree and when i looked up there's all these exoskeletons on the tree of some <laughs> cicadas or whatever i don't know what kind of bugs have exoskeletons so uh, from there, Exoskeleton gets you about halfway down onto Barnes Trail, which is the trail that we take the most in all of our Kajabi riding. It is super fun, super technical, super fast. So it gets you about to, uh, third down Barnes Trail. And so we just turned right and finished up Barnes Trail. Barnes Trail ends with an uphill segment even. So, yeah, it was a challenge for the guys to finish this strenuous probably three or four minutes for most of them downhill and then have to do this 
two, one or two minute uphill climb. Yeah, tight going. So, yeah, that was actually at the end of that stage was where the Tech Nugget guys, they just drove up in their car. And I was like, okay, um, who are these guys? <laughs> yeah, so had they not done anything before that? Is that when they came on the scene? Just No, they yeah, they just came on on Sunday uh, after our second to last stage. They were trying to get in the whole time, but they weren't able to. Okay, cool, cool. So... That's good then. And then you're on to your final stage, are you? Yeah. So um, from there, we ride uh, down into the old, it's called Old Kajabi Town. We live in Kajabi Town. And this is called Old Kajabi Town. So we ride into Old Kajabi Town, ride through there, and uh, go just, it just starts up in the foothills. And um, that trail is called Lava Rock Trail uh, because it's all these lava rocks that you have to. Um, sort of pick your way around. So we had the markings of the trail, but there's about there's a bunch of trails that you have to choose from. So you sort of pick your way th- through each one to get down. And yeah, I hit my I hit my derailleur like three times on that. So um, you get through Lava Rock Trail, and it's just these back trails that are going around people's houses to uh, the finish. And that was like the finish was sort of a downhill sprint. So when I got into my hardest gear. I started pedaling. My chain just started slipping because the derailleur had been hit. <laughs> so I was sort of, I mean, I was going super fast at that point, but I wasn't going as fast as I could have because my uh, my derailleur was finished. Yeah, I was playing up on you. Yeah. Cool. So just off topic a wee bit, that footage you put up on your YouTube channel of you coming off, you just suddenly came off um, quite recently there. Oh, um, was it on my YouTube or my Instagram? I think it was. Where I, I'm not sure. I'm oh, not sure. Where I was riding along and then I just fell over. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, and you went into the bush and stuff. What yeah. was that part of that? Was that part of the uh, the trails? Um, so that was the first. That was just the beginning of Barnes Trail, actually. So that wasn't in right. there. But what happened there was. I'm running a. I mean, you say you don't get too much mountain bike jargon, but I'll just nerd out for a second so <laughs> i'm running maxis minion dhf on both my front and the back i have the mm-hmm. 2.5 in the front and i have the 2.3 in the back and at first i really liked it but um then i started realizing that it the tire isn't very good for braking so whenever you brake the tread starts like the tread wears off really fast it's not good for skidding because it's softer right. tread because it's meant to be in the front so it wears down, and I'm not sponsored by Maxxis. Um, so I use a tire for a long time before I get new ones. Mm-hmm. So pretty much it's starting to wear down on the side knobs, but the center knobs are fine. So when, I get on, when I'm on the side of a hill or when I'm coming around a turn, it slides out all the time mm-hmm. because those, those knobs aren't meant for braking. So they just burn up when I'm braking on them. So now they're pretty much finished. Yeah, yeah. Is that and has that tire got the yellow Maxis writing on the side or is it white? Yeah, it's the it's the yellow. The yellow one. So it's the height it's it's the softer compound almost. Yeah, it's the it's just the standard EXO, it's not the double down or the three C. Yeah, yeah, because I didn't actually realise there until quite recently I was t- chatting to the guys at Make Monkey and 
Lewis at Make Monkey in Belfast there, he's a tire nerd. He does uh-huh. tires, you know. Yeah. But he was actually telling me that the Maxxis tires, when it's yellow on the side, it's their higher compound, so uh-huh. it's the more expensive tire, but it's softer, wears out a wee bit quicker, that kind of thing. But yeah. it does its job really, really well. Yeah. Whereas the white the white Maxxis ones are their their lower grade ones, so it's mm-hmm. a wee bit slippier, just uh-huh. not as high a grade as rubber, but but will will last a wee bit longer, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's interesting, and that's very good that you noticed that that was uh-huh. one of the reasons. You know, uh-huh. yeah, happy days. Yeah. So I listened to this podcast, the Vital MTB. Was it? Yeah. Vital M. No, I don't think it was Vital MTB. I think it was the um, what's that? Single tracks. Single tracks. Yeah. They they talk about the Maxxis tires in one of them. Mm-hmm. So uh, if you guys want to nerd out, you should look that up. They talk about the Maxxis tires and uh, how they have the. 50 TPI, 100 TPI, and 150 TPI. Mm-hmm. So with however many threads you put in your tire, it gets more expensive because it's uh, essentially more complicated to make. Yeah. So I'm running the 50 TPI tire in it. Uh, so it, the side knobs are the same, uh, are just as hard as the center knobs, where the side knobs should be a bit harder and the center knob should be a bit softer in the 150 tpi tire which i'm getting one of those for the back actually now i'm just gonna i was just like yeah time to pull the trigger on that and see how it works yeah cool cool i you know tires are crazy there's yeah it's it's so complicated yeah really really is really is so cool um so when the enduro's over and Uh everybody's happy everything's going well emotionally how did you feel after um, so much excitement, so much hard work, when it was all over, emotionally, how how did you feel? Well, I was fairly, I was fairly relieved that it went well because, like, I mean, with with something like that, you have a lot of pressure on yourself to deliver, and um, like, I had to deliver a good race. I had to deliver a lot of stuff that I wasn't necessarily completely in control of, and so. Um, with like with the end i was just probably i mean i don't know how stoked the guys were i think they're pretty stoked but i was probably more stoked than them because like wow um we we did this we finished this race we made a whole race and then people came and they're stoked as they're coming into the finish line and yeah it was amazing yeah cool and the footage you've seen as well adam there seemed to be quite a lot of people out spectating um so I guess with the footage you've seen, like my Instagram live, a couple Instagram pictures, that was there was a couple people who came on the first day, and then uh, just finishing the stage six, there was just a lot of people out on the road. I think they're going home from church or something. So they weren't really spectators; they were just sort of uh, situational spectators, I guess you could say, because they saw what was, they saw it going on, but they didn't know it was going on. And then a couple friends came out. Uh, to see um, on the middle of stage five because it's right by RVA, which is my school, Rafali Academy. So a couple of guys came down the road to watch that. Yeah, cool. But overall, very good, and you were yeah. very pleased. Very, very cool. happy. Cool. Is there anything you think you would do differently for next time? Yeah, so um, I guess with the – it's like – it's totally a learning experience. So, um, probably I talked to the, I talked to the ladies at the cafe down there and, 
they said they totally wanted to they would have been really happy to help sponsor the race and um so that's something like looking for sponsors i think i feel like since we're close to nairobi and um we're getting a lot of publicity i feel like that's something i could have done better is get sponsors but it was like at at the point when i started thinking about it it was like wow it's probably not worth it to me to do that because i'm so busy with all this other stuff and then also um uh with timing uh it went well but finding a way to make it a little bit easier would be uh ideal mm-hmm. i think do you, um, mean, do you mean real estate do you mean real estate or preparation so mostly preparation because yeah. um it was sort of like this thing i've never done it before and i didn't know how um i didn't know how i could organize the race so i sort of left it a lot of it to the last few weeks or the last few days and i feel like uh now that i can talk to the people that um will help me and we can be organizing in the future instead of uh doing it sort of kenya time which is just right right when you need it you do it yeah <laughs> well sometimes you're more efficient that way because it has to be done uh-huh yeah <laughs> and it it worked out it worked out kenya time but it i mean so at first we wanted to partner with the hospital and they were going to give me one of their buses to shuttle the people in it so i only would have needed to uh a truck to carry the bikes and then they were going to give me the shuttle and i was going to give them like probably $300 for the poor fund or something right. but um since i didn't pursue that soon enough uh it ended up that i spent every single cent of money on transportation because I wasn't able to partner with them soon enough. So that was mm-hmm. that was like totally my fault because I didn't pursue that soon enough, but uh instead of instead of like earning $300 that I was going to give to them, I ended up uh spending all 400 that I got from the registrations on the on the um transportation, which is okay. But um it was kind of a bummer. Yeah, but, you know, as you say, it's a learning experience. And I think because it's been so successful, you know, when you uh, when you approach these people for next year's one, um, you know, they'll be more open to get involved and they'll yeah. be happier to get involved because they, they know of the of, um, you know, uh-huh. how well it was it was received, etc. So, no, that's good, man. That's good. And. I was going to chat to you about that, about the the money involved and stuff, and that that it worked out okay for you. So you're more or less broke even at the end of the day. Yeah, we're at like negative twenty dollars. So okay. because of the trophies that I bought, so it wasn't a big deal. Yeah, yeah. No. Well, that's cool, man. That's cool. You can you can make it up to yourself. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it the fun that we had and the publicity that we got, like, and how many like actual guys who just want to come out and ride now or want me to come ride with them. Like I'd say it was worth more than $20 to me to make all those connections and to make all those friends. Perfect. Yeah. I love that. That's awesome. Um, so let's talk a wee bit about your, your paper interview then. How did that go down? Was that you and Simon? Yeah. So that was me and Simon right after the, right after the race where we were sitting at the cafe and those guys were like, okay, we're ready to do the interview. So, um, so pretty much we sat out in the scorching sun 
because there's no shadows there to mess up the, yeah. the whole thing. And we just did this interview, talked about how um, Kenyans usually see biking or cycling as a place to get a way to get from point A to point B. And a lot of times you see Kenyans carrying stuff on their bikes and pushing the bike. Um, but this guy, Justice, so his tech nuggets thing is, uh, it's a media thing, but it's also a sales thing. So he imports things that people want from South Africa and from UK and from USA, and then he's able to sell them. So he's trying to get the prices on imports lower so that he can sell more stuff. And so he's sort of sponsoring Kenyan cycling like that by being able to get bikes at lower prices. And so that was um, that was one thing that he wanted to talk about was how Kenyans can use cycling actually as a career. If And so they um, get their bikes and they start pursuing it as a career that can make them money and that can uh, essentially get them out of Kenya if they want to. Yeah, yeah. And I suppose... Well, suppose Simon's the guy to talk to about that. He's he's well into that. Yeah, so Simon, Simon, that's sort of what he talked about on his interview part. Yeah, yeah, very good. And what newspaper did that go in? Um, so it went into the. It's called People's uh, People's News Daily. It's the actually free newspaper in Kenya. So it's um, uh, it is uh. A lot of it is owned by the current president, and so um, he holds a lot of uh, he holds a lot of that company, and so sort of uh, he made it free, so pretty much anyone can go pick up that newspaper from just about any corner in any town and read it. Yeah, it's quite widespread. If I tell I tell the people around, um, yeah, I was in People's News Daily, then they'll they're quite surprised. Yeah, cool. Is that available just in Kenya? Yeah, yeah, it's a Kenyan right, newspaper. Okay. I actually didn't get one because all the copies were gone at the gas station when I <laughs> sent my worker up there to get it. Oh, cheers. It's always the way, man, always the way. Uh, well, that's cool. Well, I want to talk to you maybe in a wee bit more of a personal note, if you don't mind, because we chatted on the podcast that we were on previously uh, uh-huh. about what you were thinking of doing after school. Yeah, and we obviously talked about a few things there. Mm-hmm. Has organising the enduro changed your mind in anything, or has it maybe focused you in a certain direction for what you want to do after school? So, um, like, I've sort of been thinking about it at this point. Like, I really had fun racing, and I uh, don't really know how I would do uh, competing against other people that also don't know the terrain like if i didn't know the terrain and they didn't because i've had an unfair advantage so um i've also been thinking about like this week i haven't i haven't touched my bike since sunday uh at all i've just been like relaxing uh catching up on schoolwork going to bed early and so i've been i've been saying this to a lot of people like i just want to have fun at this point like on my bike i just want to be having fun and I can see like the whole enduro, the racing appeal, and how it's how it's super fun. But the like the hard work that goes into that, and I know I have to. There's something that I have to work. I have, I'm gonna have to do have some job. So I don't know. Like I really don't know what it's gonna be at this point. But um, you know, I could see I could see myself trying that, and I, I mean, I might be able to do well. 
I don't really, I'm really not sure because I don't ride with a lot of people that we both know the terrain the same way. Um, so, like, I don't know how it'd match up against guys. And, uh, but at this point, like right now, there's not, I'm not pursuing anything right now. I'm just doing a lot of thinking. I'm also trying to do really well in school. And yeah, I want to keep all my options open. Yeah, cool. Cool. And I'm sure your dad will be a great help and support to you. Yeah, he is. He always is. Yeah, no, that's awesome. You can't do it alone. You mm-hmm. need to, you need the support mm-hmm. for anything. Cool. Okay, so what's next then, Adam? Um, you're still stoked to do another one next year? Yeah, yeah. So we'll see when it is. It might be little little sooner than a year. It might be a little later, depending on. Uh, um, I'm gonna try to hook it up with the school calendar as well so some of my friends and teachers can also get out there because it was a school event that they had to be at last week um and yeah it should be around it should be in another year or so i'm going to try to get out and race uh, some of the other enduro events in east africa because um a lot of the guys they go to all of them and i want to go hang out with those guys i also want to go ride some more stuff in east africa so for Enduro in East Africa, that's what's next. Kajabi Enduro version 2 will be back in either uh, late 2018 or early 2019. Right, okay, cool. That's cool. So you've got plans afoot anyway. That's that's awesome. And just out of curiosity, will you be changing the trails? Anything like that? Keeping it the same? What's your thoughts on that? Um. So <laughs> I haven't thought of it that much, but uh, it always depends on several things such as the weather, the condition of the trail. So like, for example, we wouldn't have raced through the forest on Sunday. If it had poured a bunch, we would have ridden out in the desert again because that sucks up all the water better. So like, um, we'll see. And it, the so trail choice really comes, that's where you sort of come down to the wire on trail choice because like, how's this trail running? Firebreak, when we had decided at first we wanted in the trail, it was perfect. And then um, a bunch of trees got cut and the entrance was blocked for a couple weeks and it just got cleared just before we wanted to do our race. So it's like for the course, really, with with the race being in close in close to a year away, then I don't have much of an idea except that probably want to keep in awesome sauce because it's fast and everyone likes it and i want to keep in firebreak because it's fast and i really like it so yeah mm-hmm. yeah no that's cool that's cool and i suppose you know it's a catch 22 because if you keep the same trails in for next season if you're able to do that for next year uh-huh. the guys that the guys that were competing this year will kind of know will know the trails a wee bit better yeah so you know, it might be a wee bit more competitive for them guys. They might enjoy yeah. doing the same trails. Who knows? Yeah, I think I think a mix of them would be really nice as well. Yeah, yeah, awesome. Well, I'm so glad it went well, Adam. That that's brilliant, and um, I'm sure Simon's stoked with the way it's went. Also, yeah, I um, think he is. Yeah, and it's exciting times for you guys out there. Oh, it totally is. You know, and I'm I uh, I'm going to try and get over at some stage, maybe next year. So, come come out here. Yeah. Awesome. Um, so don't hold me to that now, but I'm going no. to I'm going to try my best. Yeah, you're um, welcome. We'll definitely make yeah. sure to get you out to Kajabi. Yeah, I was talking to Simon about it a wee bit, and um, I, I definitely would would love to come out there and spend a bit of time with you guys. Uh huh. 
Yeah. Um, so I'd open, open my eyes to difficult trails. Uh-huh. I'll, <laughs> I'll give you the BKXC treatment for sure. <laughs> yeah, just let me know when that six-foot drop's coming up, will you? Oh, uh, yeah. I won't make that mistake again, I'll tell you. <laughs> Brilliant. Uh, but, Adam, awesome. Listen, we'll keep in touch because... Um, I really, I'm really excited on what's happening out there in Kenya. Uh-huh. Um, and Will will be coming on from Uganda. Will will be coming on the podcast uh, over the next number of weeks as well. Awesome. So we'll hear a wee bit about his story out there and what he's doing. Um, so that's pretty exciting. So, yeah, I, I'm stoked the way things are going with you guys. So um, yeah. I would love to be a part of that, and I want to keep, keep in contact with you. So happy days. Yeah, well, um, I guess I'd say from all of us guys who've been doing the enduro stuff out here we are already really thankful for your help that you've given us with the publicity and also with the advice and stuff like that so thanks for helping us out and the shirts are extremely soft like i don't even know yeah they're amazing they're um they're 100 percent organic oh yeah so it's made out of like trash and stuff (laughs) yeah well um it's they're they're just sourced well you know Uh i don't like to destroy the environment we live in i'm very i'm very conscious that way so nature boy it's also yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah a, a bit like yourself there uh-huh. you know? uh so no that you know and i put a real conscious effort into doing that in the shirts that that they're not harming the environment and you uh-huh. know, the inks don't have any plastic in them or anything like that so yeah no, it means a lot to me to do that, you know, and I am planning to produce more teas and, and things like that. I've been asked to do that, so I'm going to do awesome. that. But I, it's it's kind of difficult to source them, source them ethnically, if you know what I mean. Uh-huh. So that people are getting paid the right way, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. You know, you know what it's like. So Yeah, well, that's cool. Uh, that's cool to me that that's something that you're thinking about. You know, like a lot of if I was going to make a T-shirt or something, I'd probably just go on Teespring or whatever and choose the option mm-hmm. that had the kind of shirt that i wanted so like that's yeah. really impressive to me yeah and i'm not sure how teespring do it i i've looked at it a wee bit but you lose a bit of control when you when you uh-huh. do that i i personally think you know financially it makes sense because you're not out any money uh-huh you know whereas the way i'm going to do it is i'm going to produce a range i'm going to produce my own teas and i'm going to be sitting in stock so financially you're out money and it can go badly wrong yeah it uh, could but but you know, I know the stuff sourced right. I know people have been paid the right wage. Okay, uh-huh. Maybe a wee bit more expensive, but like you say, if the t-shirts are lovely. Yeah, they are. Yeah, they're very nice. So, but that's all for the future. So we'll see how that goes. Mm-hmm. All right. <laughs> Adam, awesome! It's been great to have you on me, and um, get back there and help your dad finish that that pizza oven yeah we gotta try and have it finished for next year will you so i can get a pizza <laughs> oh i'm gonna try to we're gonna try to have it by finished by next week because mom's off in the u.s for this week so uh, we're gonna try to have it finished by friday so we can have pizza party for her when she gets back awesome but Sounds brilliant. yeah i don't know how that's gonna work <laughs> do you just get root beer out there do you um no well actually no. you can but it's quite expensive yeah so yeah. um we don't often but Theoretically, we could go and buy it in Nairobi. And I've actually made some before. There's this stuff called root beer extract, and then you uh, put right. some you put some yeast in and you leave it for like four or five days, and it carbonates. It doesn't taste exactly like root beer. It has its own flavor, but I mean, it's pretty good. Wow, sounds cool, man. Sounds cool. Well, have a pizza in your homemade root beer. That's a great point. Yeah. Yeah. 
<laughs> good stuff bro listen here thanks so much for coming on the podcast again and um, I'll keep in touch and have a great day and a great weekend there in Kenya thank you awesome dude all the best okay see you guys I hope you enjoyed that episode and I hope you got a lot out of it and Adam's such a cool guy so Adam thanks so much for coming on the podcast I really appreciate it and folks if you're thinking of doing an enduro or running an enduro or if that's something you're interested in I'm sure Adam would not mind you getting in contact with him he's very very good that way likes to share his knowledge and everything else and if Adam can do it at 16 years old there's no excuse it's the first time that enduro has ever been run so yes he had help from Simon but I know he took a lot of that on his shoulders and done a lot of that himself so Adam well done man I am really um, proud of what you have achieved out there not just for yourself but for mountain biking in general out in that area it is really good to see that you're getting the local community involved so well done good job man good job so folks if you enjoyed today's episode and you want to know a wee bit more about the Kinjabi Enduro or a wee bit more about Adam just visit the show notes for today's episode episode number 35 you can do that by visiting www.mtb-tribe.com and you will get all the info and links to Adam and and the Kinjabi Enduro on the show notes for episode number 35. Now, you can also subscribe to the show on there. Just go to the subscriber section on the website and you can subscribe. You'll get an email once a week normally just letting you know what episode is coming out on the Thursday and a wee bit of what you can expect to see or hear on that episode. And there's also a quick link there where you can you can click that and just go straight through and start to listen directly from the website. So if you want to do that, folks, that would be awesome. Thank you so much. And I just want to say a big thank you to all the guys that have reviewed on iTunes. And if you've got two or three minutes spare, folks, I would really appreciate that. If you listen to the show via iTunes, just go there, leave a comment, share with friends. And um, as we know, five stars is always the best, of course, you know. <laughs> so... I just want to say a big shout out to Phil Stolarnik. I'm I really don't know how to pronounce your surname. I am so sorry, Phil. I just I don't know. It's just I just can't do it. But thank you so much. You left a review saying love mountain biking, love this info, five stars. Thanks so much for sharing. You rock. So thanks, Phil, for just leaving that short comment. That really makes my day. I love to see stuff like that. And I'm so sorry I can't pronounce your surname as well. Um, But thanks for that. I I appreciate it. And folks, you can find us on iTunes. You can find us on Stitcher and listen to the show there. And if, if you share the show with friends and all, it's really helpful because it gets the show out to a larger audience and I can get more people involved and um, it just becomes more of a community and that's why I'm here I don't make any money from this I'm doing this in my spare time and I'm really looking to build a community around you guys I want to know the troubles you have with mountain biking why you love mountain biking so much and, and what the show can do to help you enjoy mountain biking more enjoy getting out in the trails and even you know even have a better quality of life through mountain biking and that's one thing I've found from talking to guests on the show a lot of them their their life has improved or certain aspects of their life has improved simply by mountain biking and it's such a powerful thing to be involved in so i just want to share that with you guys so if you have any ideas if you want any topics chat it about on the podcast just get involved there's a contact section on the website as well where you can get in contact with me i read all the emails and i will get back to you i certainly will do that 
So thanks so much, folks. You can also follow the show on Instagram and Facebook. Instagram is at MTB Tribe and Facebook is MTB Tribe. And again, you can get in contact with me via there. Just PM me and I, I do again. I do read every every uh, message I will get back to you. So folks, thank you so much uh, for being here and thank you so much for listening to the episode. And don't forget, this weekend is the Vitus Enduro Cup at Bigwood. So if you're about that area, call down, give them boys support. And if you're racing in that, I hope you have a great couple of days. I hope you enjoy yourself and I hope you get on that podium. So guys, thanks so much. Enjoy yourselves on the trails. Take care and I'll speak to you next week.